0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: Okie dokie folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing, and we're going to talk about gardening. And I know spring is, yeah it's a... Three or four weeks away officially, but it's starting to break loose here in the lower, the deep south. That's what we're going to talk about. So if you've got things on your mind about planting or digging or pruning or fertilizing or dividing or potting or spraying or plucking or just eating, whatever you want to talk about. Somehow related to growing stuff for our pleasure and our our health and the health of folks around us. Give me a call. We're going to be talking live with you. Whatever's on your mind is toll-free 1877 MPB ring. Starting out with the phone lines wide open, but it's 877 MPB ring. MPB of course stands for Mississippi public broadcasting. Got a whole bunch of emails this past week. I spent uh, catching up on some. I caught some that had slipped through a couple of weeks ago while I was on the road. I caught it with those with apologies. But uh, if you have gardening questions, you can shoot me an email anytime. The address is garden at mpbonline.org. And uh, we got somebody special in the studio today. Liz, how are you this morning, lady?
2: I'm doing fantastic, Felder. I uh, had my walk this morning, not quite as long as yours, but uh, it's a gorgeous day.
1: You showed me a picture of your puppy, and I couldn't decide whether your puppy was trying was was looking at a shadow on the fence or deciding whether to pee on your daffodils. Oh, she wouldn't do that. She, uh, <laughs> oh, she, yeah, uh... right, she
3: wouldn't.
1: <laughs> well, he would, she might not. <laughs> Anyway, here's the sweet little puppy, and uh, she pointed out the daft is blooming. I stole all sorts of flowers coming in today. It's about a two mile walk, uh, mostly through neighborhood. Got to cut up under the interstate and around by by the school for the for the blind, school for the deaf. And uh, while I was walking there, a guy in a pickup, big old pickup truck, shot rolls winded down. It's my son, who's a hotshot attorney. And uh, what you doing, Dad? I said, just living my weird life, son. We're living my weird life. And I was actually stealing flowers from 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 in front of his office building to talk about, which we'll do a little bit later. But if you want to give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring and i got plenty of stuff to share with you, some events coming up, uh, one I've got a question about, but before we ever uh, really get into that, let's do what we enjoy doing the most, and that's chatting about gardening. Tommy's calling from On The Road. Hey, Tommy, where are you from?
4: I'm from Thomastown.
1: Okay, what's up, man? Out and
4: out hey, I've got a question. I know normally we don't fertilize until April, but I've got some large planters and some flowers in there trying to get them to to take off. Uh With it being a lot warmer than normal, uh, what's your thoughts about going ahead and, and fertilizing now and seeing what they can do versus waiting?
1: Oh, the, the, the only thing I recommend waiting until April on is the lawn, because it's a tropical plant that, that doesn't really use fertilizer well until after it's greened up and started growing. So lawn is the only thing I say, wait till April. Anything else is growing. I wouldn't fertilize daffodils right now because, believe it or not, they're at the end of their season. They need to be fertilized in the fall. But flowers and shrubs and anything that's blooming from spring to fall, this is a great time to put some out.
4: So when would you think it's safe to put something out that couldn't handle a frost?
1: Uh, you know, our average last frost, you know, you're in, you're in central Mississippi. The, the average last frost is sometime towards the end of, of, of March. We can get snow into April. So, you know, we always say wait till a good Friday, but that's like in March this year, I think. I don't remember. But anyway, it's always best to wait till the soil is warmed up. You're always safe after it in April. All right. I appreciate it. Okay, hey. Tommy. Hey, I hope you're not on the trace and talking on the, on the phone. <laughs> uh, no. Good, because that's a federal thing, my friend. See you later. Thanks for calling. <laughs> All right. Fertilizing. Plants need fertilizer. And I say that. Uh, I got a call. Well, matter of fact, let me just share this email. See if I can find this. I won't be able to find it because I'm looking for it. Here it is. This is from uh, Mary Hitchcock. She lived down in Mobile, Alabama. She called, uh, she emailed, she said, We have big, mature azaleas, things like Red Ruffles and George Tabor and Ms. Gigi Gerbing. They're well established, continue to grow each year, and flower beautifully. The larger they grow, which we don't mind, the more difficult it becomes to fertilize. Here in Mobile, we have azaleas as tall as I am, thriving, and I know they haven't been fertilized in 20 years. Question When are they mature enough to discontinue fertilizing twice a year? Okay, now, Mary, I don't want to. I'm not trying to pick on it. Let's dissect this. On one hand, you say you have azalea as tall as you are that haven't been fertilized in 20 years. And then you want to know when they're big and when can you stop fertilizing twice a year? I would say 10 years ago. You know, a lot of people, horticulturists tend to stick with the rules. You know, what's the maximum? Horticulturists into production. What's the most we can push plants with fertilizing and watering and pruning and all that kind of stuff? And that's great. Uh, commercial people are into the most, people who sell fertilizer are into the most, but plants really like to be lean and mean. Uh, Like you, I know azaleas that haven't been fertilized in decades, they do okay. They would do better if they got a little fertilizer every few years. But even once a year is a little excessive for most landscapes. What happens if you fertilize a lot, they produce a lot of growth, which means they need roots, which means they need water. And if you just want a nice, lean, mean plant, I would fertilize azaleas by scattering an all-purpose fertilizer, anything where all the numbers are close to the same. I scatter it somehow up under the outer spread of the branches. That's where the roots are. Just throw some up under uh, under the bush at least every four or five years, better every three or four years, maybe every couple of years, but I wouldn't. You know, every three or four or five years is plenty, a little bit of fertilizer and let it recycle through those roots and worms and stuff like that. If you're trying to get yard of the month, go ahead, push them all you want. But, but just keep in mind, that stresses the plant, makes them big and overblown and blousy. And first thing you know, they're the ones that suffer most from cold and drought and stuff like that. So keep them lean and mean. Fertilize azaleas, spring blooming shrubs. I'm going to say at least every four or five years. Come on, that's not asking too much. Uh, even though some of them may not need it, they, they like it. But if you're fertilizing every year or even more than once a year. You know, horticulturists, you get a blue ribbon. Gardening, nah, waste of time and effort. And that's my opinion. But that's my opinion based on understanding the science, understanding the plants and how the the nutrients work, and understand the stresses, and also understanding the calls I get year after year after year about plants that blow themselves out because they've been pushed too hard. So uh, my opinion is based on being a gardener. Not a horticulturist. Anyway, if you want to shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. Uh, give me a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring Got the lines right open right now. Hey, Liz, I was showing you some stuff I stole, I mean, that I liberated on the way into town. It's a beautiful bouquet. It's a nice bouquet, you know. And there's so many plants that are starting to come on. A lot of people, you know, these two, for example, you can see them from studio. Uh, They both have clusters of white flowers with the little white petals. One uh, has big clusters of of bigger flowers about the size of a quarter. These are wild pears. They're big plants, and there's little rounded, mounded-looking small trees uh, that form colonies. Small, smaller white flowers. These are wild plums, and they're blooming right now. And uh, oddly enough, they're also covered with bees. Well, that that's good. I'm glad the bees are somewhere. Yeah, I am too. And uh, I also got some other things. You know, the, a lot of these, what I call, and, and if you're not from the South, understand what I'm about to say is not to meant mean to be an age or a gender thing. I call these old lady flowers. Not you don't have to be. Uh, a senior, you don't have to be female to be an old lady. Old lady gardeners grow what they like, where they like, how they like, and if you don't like it, you can go home. And a lot of these kind of plants, like their little white spireas, this one called baby breath, uh, the yellow forsythia, the sort of, uh, I don't know my Crayolas, but I'm going to call that a salmon pink.
2: Yeah, I think that's, that, that, uh, it's a, or, it's not red. Yeah,
1: it's not red, but it's close to red. Anyway, that's a nice, that's a handsome combination. This particular plant is called flowering quince. But between the yellow forsythia, the uh, the, the rich deep salmon pink um, flowering quince, and the white spireas, that is a heck of a combination in my hand. But it looks great in the yard too. And these plants grow. In cemeteries, I mean, dead people can grow these things, Liz. I
2: can grow them. That's that's how easy they are to grow. You
1: know, and, and they're great. You know, azaleas. I got some big old azaleas here, and they're pretty. Add that in there, but that's a little bit almost too much. And uh, let me see. I saw some uh, pink uh, red buds, and I don't know why they're called red buds because they are definitely pink. And also some um, uh, this. Some people call it Chinese witch hazel or laurel petalum. All of these are blooming on just a little two mile walk on my way into into the studio this morning
2: it's it's amazing what you can see when you look for it i was with my daughter's uh girl scout troop one time Uh and the the scout leader gave just had a box of crayons and gave everybody a color and said go find some stuff that's that color and i thought that was ridiculous who's where are you going to find something that's the uh this purple color where are you going to find this orange color and lo and behold if you Keep your eyes peeled. We did all find the things from the crayon box.
1: You well, know, kids will do that too, you know. But but it, it's called it, making yourself self focus. It's called looking for the trees in the forest. But uh, anyway, uh the one other plant that I I, I got a picture uh, that I stole this in front of the. Um, Wildlife and Fishery Department is a wild azalea, native azalea. Some people call it wild honeysuckle because it's got those long stamens sticking out there. This is the pink one, uh, but they're they're starting to bloom right now. They're native; they grow all throughout the southeast, from Texas to the Carolinas. Beautiful exotic plants, and the main reason we don't see more of them is because garden centers don't sell them because people coming in on these great big old uh, Asian azaleas. Azaleas are beautiful, but they're thugs, and that's what people ask for instead of the more delicate natural beauties. Anyway, now let's talk with uh, Megan, calling from Jackson. Hey, Megan, good morning.
5: Good morning. Howdy, I have, well, I, I. it's Friday, I made it, I'm above dirt.
1: <laughs> so far, <Yeah>. so far. <laughs> give us another day, we'll give it another go.
5: Exactly. So every day is a brand new opportunity. Well, what is your dog being bad? Oh, Lord, I've got a 60, well, he's 66 pounds and six ounces, so the number bears out with him. Um, six, Black six lab.
1: Six. Is it a lab?
5: No, but he's got some lab
1: in it. How did How did I know that? <laughs> because you're calling about him digging up the yard. And of all the calls I get, two out of three are going to be labs or lab mix.
5: Lab mixes, exactly. What I'm wondering, and I have no problem with putting down like uh, hardware cloth, yeah. or chicken wire or something like that. Will that Will that hurt my plants?
1: No, it won't. Uh, matter of fact, a lot of botanic gardens do this to, because squirrels dig things up, and you know, you can take hard Hardware cloth, and actually, I mean, not hardware cloth. Just plain old chicken wire, and spray paint it while it's still rolled up, kind of brown or something, or uh-huh. roll it out and cover it with mulch. And the dog can't dig because he's standing on it. Oh, well, excuse me. If if the lab, if if the puppy is under a year old, they'll pull it up because no, that's just what they do.
5: Well, he, now he may. He's he's a knucklehead. Yeah, of but, course, of um, course,
1: that's a, that's a given.
5: Yeah. So, it, but he's. Um, he, I think he just likes where it's cool. I'm not yeah. sure. So yeah.
1: well, you might actually want to give him a place for that. Go ahead, you know, because dogs not not just a, a a pet. It's part of our lives, and give right. him, give him some place to do it. And you know, maybe throw some fresh bark out there, or something, to, you know, to, for his nose, the sensory thing,
5: oh, and uh, and know. sort
1: of let him have a place. And then the other place, just put chicken wire around, it and good luck.
5: Oh, well, as long as he leaves my um, flying dragon, orange,
1: yeah, 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 tree,
5: well, and my um, uh, sweet olives alone, I'm okay. Well, let me,
1: let me suggest this. You can also uh, go to an old brickyard or someplace and get some broken up, just little chunks of brick and scatter uh-huh. them up under plants and cover that the most because it hurts their
5: elbows. Well, I'm afraid he'll uh, chew them up. Those. Yeah, yeah, of course it, he, he, but but he'll get favorite, bored. Well, his yeah. favorite toy out in the yard is uh, a fireplace log. <laughs> I you wish got, I was kidding.
1: Got to love them. Hey, where'd you get your flying dragon? You said that hardy hardy orange. Where'd you get that?
5: Yeah, I. It's several years ago, like when I first moved into the house uh, about 13 years ago, I was at a garden show over in the Trademark. hmm And I saw it and just fell in love with it. Um, If it seeds out again this year, I'll bring some to you.
1: No, no, no. I've got tons of them. Uh, And and folks who are listening to Flying Dragon, there's a a hearty citrus. It's not an orange, not a lemon. It looks about like a golf ball-sized furry orangey-yellow lemon, uh, and it's perfectly hard. It grows up in Tennessee, and uh, this particular one, it's got beautiful white flowers, but this particular one has got really twisty, gnarly branches in the thorns, which are as big as your little finger curved back inward. Beautiful plant, used as a rootstock for commercial uh, citrus, but it grows perfectly well, and I, I pruned mine up sort of a little Asian-looking, and, 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 fi- and it comes up from little seedlings up
5: under it. It's crazy. I mean, and it's grown like a mat. I'm planning on uh, cultivating it. I want to get land, and I'm going to use it as a hedge. Oh, you know...
1: now, I'm extrapolating here. I'm not a lawyer. But, okay. you know, you can't put, you know, mean things out for burglars. And this plant would be mean because if they get caught in it, <laughs> there ain't well, no way to there, get out. <laughs> if they ain't doing what
5: they're supposed to not be doing, there wouldn't be a problem. You
1: know, barbed wire you can get out of. This stuff, because the <laughs> thorns curve every which way, you stick your hand in, you can't pull it out.
5: I've got I've been stuck by it one time I have a healthy respect now. Hey,
1: here's what I did this this a uh, uh, couple of months ago. I cut a small branch of mine off, hung it upside down in my kitchen and put gumdrops on the mm, Yep. That's so cute. Anyway, your dog won't oh. play with that for long because it keep poke him in the nose.
5: Well that's true. Thank you so much.
1: Good, uh, good luck, Megan. Hug it while you can. Okay. <laughs> bye <Bye-bye>. bye. <laughs> All righty, folks, One eight seven seven mpb ring uh, If you want to, to Google trifoliate... Orange trifoliate because it has three leaflets on every leaf. Trifoliate orange is a perfectly hard, hardy plant. I was raised with one. My grandmother had one behind her barn when I was a kid. We're talking about a long time ago. It's still there. Mine blooms with big, fragrant white flowers every spring. has those wonderful, luscious fruit. They're not good for much. They're more seed anything, but they make a delightful a lemonade. Very, very sour. Trifoliate orange, this particular one's called flying. Dragon, one eight seven seven mpb ring uh, Do we need to take a, a little break or something like that? Are you want to take a phone call first or what, Liz? I don't Let's know. go
2: ahead and hear uh, uh, from uh, Belmont, and then we'll take a break after that. Okay.
1: Uh, this is, is it Ricey? Ricky. Ricky from Belmont. What's up?
4: I just, I got some grape vines and some blueberry bushes, and uh, they're five or six years old. They just, they bear a little bit, but not a lot. What should I fertilize them with and
1: When? Uh, sometimes if blueberries don't like a whole lot of fertilizers. So use a scant handful. Don't fertilize them heavy, and the muscadines going have and grapes going to have roots every which way. So just scatter any kind of all-purpose fertilizer. If you have something for tomatoes or azaleas or roses, that would work too, because the plants don't really care. But just it's scatter one time a year. Yeah, at, at the most. And again, be real light with the blueberries. Be All real right. light with. Have you pruned and- your Have you pruned your grapes yet?
4: Yes, sir. Yes, I did that in January.
1: Good, good. But you left your blueberries alone, so they'll bloom okay.
4: Okay, and is this the time to, to do a little fertilizer on the grapes?
1: Yeah, you know, it's uh, sure. I mean, we, my rule of thumb is springtime, and it's, it's almost springtime.
4: What about cottonseed meal? Somebody told
1: me about that. Cottonseed meal is a real good source of nitrogen, which is, helps plants with green growth, and it actually helps beef up the earthworms. It's got protein in them, and earthworms really love it. So if you've got some leaf mulch, if you've got anything on top of the ground that, that you put around the plants to cover the ground up, throw a little cottonseed meal on there, that's a really good fertilizer, but fruiting plants need a little extra of that—the phosphorus, that middle number. So if you want to yes. be all natural, put a little cottonseed meal out there, but also throw a handful of bone meal, which is the that middle number. And that'd okay. be a, that'd be an ideal thing. Okay, well that's great. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. Okay, Ricky, good to hear from you. Good her. Have a good day. Alrighty, righty, we're gonna take a real, real short break. Got a cheesy tune that was sent in by a listener. Cheesy, you know. I probably get more emails saying they like the cheesy music, and they like my gardening advice. That's okay. I'm all right with that. I'm gonna be talking about gardening right up until the end of this hour, and it's rebroadcast on Saturday. Got some events we're gonna talk about coming up, but uh, mainly we're just gonna take a real quick break and come back. We've got uh, callers from Mobile, and I got some uh, emails to, and some oddities. Some events to share with you. And uh, if you want to give us a call, it's toll-free 1877-mpb ring, or email us garden at mpbonline.org. I'm horticultures Felder Rushing. You're talking to the Gestalt Gardener here on Mississippi Public Broadcast, and we'll be right back. <music>
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: Okie doke. Welcome back, folks. I just got a a text from my attorney. He said, you can totally plant weird stuff to keep people out of your yard and house. The test is whether whether or not it's visible and a known hazard. Uh, And as long as folks can see a giant rhubarb plant or something like that, you won't be in trouble if they get caught up in it while trespassing. So if you want to plant some kind of weird thing out there, it's uh, Burglar Beware. Got some events to share with you, but let's go down to Mobile County and talk with Melanie. Hey, lady, good morning. Hey. Oh, oh, You are so cheerful. I don't know if I can take this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how
6: can you not be cheerful when they... um Japanese magnolias are blooming, the daffodils are blooming.
5: And,
1: yeah, and, and guess what? Spring is busting out all over. And usually, when the Japanese magnolias bloom, we get a freeze. I've always said they cause a freeze, but it didn't happen this year.
5: It didn't
6: happen this year, did it? We nope. might, might not have, would have minded one.
1: Okay, well, I've got to hear what kind of question you got because you're bringing me down. You're so cheerful.
6: <laughs> okay, so um, I've been making compost for several years, and so this year, or last year, I guess, I got all. Uh, motivated and had my husband build me a little like U-shaped, you know, like three boards on three sides. Uh I could dump my leaves in and they didn't spread out all over the world and put plastic in the bottom. So anyway, the long and short of it, I've got a lot of compost this year. And it is, as you say, like chocolate cake.
5: (laughs) It's so good. It's so full
6: of worms. But I don't really know what to do. I mean, (laughs) I want to put it around my roses but I don't want to dig my roses up. Yeah. I just pile it up around them,
1: or you like put ab- it on there, like you say, crackers on chili. Or yeah, absolutely, I mean, compost, manure, things like that. Ideally, they're better worked in the dirt because they they improve. It's the sort of like you want to stir your crackers into your chili, and not just have it laying on top. But right. it, it's okay. perfectly okay to put it on top. Perfectly okay. You know, this is a it's an embarrassment of riches. I forgot who said that, but you know, it's like you got a big sack of gold. It, and the Home Depot was closed.
6: You're just like, wow! This yeah. is so much better than I thought. Yeah, I, just mean, so. I haven't I, all I did was just dump them in there, and every yeah. time I, you know, put the household compost in there and everything. Well, and wait, wait,
1: just, wait, 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 You didn't turn it, and aerate it, and bioactivate I did it. Carbonite. I didn't
6: even take its temperature <laughs> once.
1: That's because what I, I had do. It
6: flew all winter, and I wouldn't have known.
1: You it. know, all the. Com- I tell people this all the time, and, and and I've written a whole chapter in a book on composting. I can make your eyes. Bleed with stupid detail, but basically, a compost pile is a fenced in leaf pile, that's all it is. And, and uh, you
6: know, I for years I read about it and I longed after one of those composting barrel no, things, no, 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 no too much trouble, too it, much trouble. Like, well, hey, this sounds like it too much trouble. Yeah,
1: you got to lift it up, put it in there, turn it, empty it out. I know, yeah, just I'm, I'm too it's old a leaf pile, and
6: too busy for that. But one more thing, so compost tea. Yeah. I've heard of that, and that sounds like that'd be a great, easy, organic fertilizer.
1: Yeah, but so is just putting it on top of the ground and let the rain turn it into tea by okay. itself. I was
6: just wondering if that would be a better... No. Uh, com- com-
1: com- compost has got a lot of nutrients. It's not a real strong fertilizer, you know, but it's got a lot of micronutrients and, and goodies that plants like. And if you just put it on top of the ground, uh, worms will come up and eat some of it, but more important, rain will soak it in around there, and and there's your own compost tea. Hey,
6: some earthworms in there, the size of small snakes. I know. They I've, are I've well I've, fed.
1: I've got one. It's it's the size of a pencil, and I didn't do nothing except just throw a bunch of leaves and banana peels and coffee grounds in a big old pile.
6: I couldn't believe how good it was when I took the top leaves. You know, because I've been adding leaves all year, yeah. and so I raked off the you know the ones that hadn't composted yet, and got down to the real stuff. And I was like, wow, this is fantastic.
1: So, yeah, something something you're gonna find as you dig down deep is you're going to have a bunch of tree roots and shrub roots and stuff like that. And eventually, you may want to scrape one side off and lay down. I put a piece of old uh, uh, tin on the bottom or some heavy plastic, shower I curtain or some something. I put
6: plastic under it because yeah. years shower ago curtain, I tried yeah. the, um, the old shower curtain thing yeah. you had said. Yeah. But they just spread so bad. So this year, I finally just looked in the garage, and there was all kinds of old pieces of Yeah,
1: that's all it wood did. And I
6: had my husband put me together a, just a little, you know, it's only yeah. maybe... Two two and a half feet high and it's just and one one side is completely open so I can just rake it out, you know, I don't have yep. to
1: lift it up. Well I, I know all our all of our friends who like uh, weird pets, you know, the tarantula and terrarium the African violet on the windowsill, the goldfish in a bowl. Compost is a pet to me. <laughs> anyway. Well it's certainly got a lot of pets in it. <laughs> just just <laughs> just spread it around, Melanie ain't no thing. Give give some away with that little smug, you know, one crook of an eyebrow, a little smugness. <laughs>
6: All right,
1: we'll do. Thanks. <laughs> Have fun. See you. Bye bye. There are some events going on. i to touch on them in just a second. Well, let's stay in the mobile mode of mine. Hey, Jimmy, what's going on?
4: Hey, uh, Mister Felder, this is uh, Sam's brother-in-law.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, Howdy. How's <laughs>
4: I, uh, I don't know if you've seen Mister Rush for a little while. Anyway, my oleanders are not looking too too good, and I didn't know if the freeze.
1: Yeah. I, I was yeah, down, I I've
4: got to have to t- rip them out and start no, 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 I I cut was back.
1: I was down in Gulf Shores the other day giving a talk uh, for the Friends of the Library, and uh, even that far south, the oleanders look pretty bad. If you cut them, they're not going to look any better. Uh, so I just go and cut them down, and they should sprout out perfectly fine from the roots. And matter of fact, okay. they'll be real vigorous because the roots weren't damaged. You know, some some have actually been killed up in central Alabama, central Mississippi, but uh, for the most part, cut it back, they'll sprout. This I'm from up north Mississippi, and this is sort of normal for oleanders up there. We just got used to cutting them down and treating them like perennials. Gotcha. Nothing okay, to Okay, I'll give that a
4: shot. Hey, but, uh, don't,
1: don't choose your fingers after you do it because the sap is poisonous. Wash your hands well,
4: first. Well, I know that the leaves are poisonous, so I just assumed that was true. So, yeah. gotcha. Okay.
1: All right, well, man. For your you bet. Got a couple of other calls, but let me throw out a few events that are going on. Uh, I do a lot of, quite a few presentations around the, the region. I go pretty much all over the country, but in the region, a lot of master gardener groups and garden clubs and library talks, um... Uh, always loved custom craft talks for, for you and your neighbors, but uh, a fellow named Ralph Null, who is a professor emeritus at MSU in the floriculture, floristry department, he's going to be giving a talk in Loosedale on March the 3rd. I don't have any details yet because the flyer didn't come through completely, but uh, March the 3rd, we'll talk about that in more detail. Uh, also, in uh, March the 16th at St. Tammany Master Gardeners down North Shore, are, uh, are going to have the uh, on the, the north side of of uh, the big lake down in New Orleans. I forgot the name of the lake. I can't remember it. Anyway, uh, they're going to have a plant sale on Friday, March the 16th. Uh, we got plenty of time to talk about that. And uh, let me see. Mobile Flower Show. That's going to be on March the 24th. I'll be there on that Sunday. Floor of Plants. Well, we got plenty of time to talk about these kind of things. But if you have some events you'd like to help me promote, shoot me an email garden at mpb online org. Now we got a little cheesy tune coming up, right? Is that gonna be coming up pretty soon?
2: Yeah, we can we can do that uh, right
1: right right now okay. after this. Well, you know the flower I just threw at you. The you, more, you bet. What is it? It's a dandelion. Okay, pick it up and pull an individual little petal out. Just an individual little petal. It goes point. Remember the old chrysanthemum thing? She loves me. Point. She loves me not. Point. You pull the. You know, dandelions are in the chrysanthemum family. If they cost 2 dollars 5 a piece and had burgundy foliage, we'd all grow it. Instead, we cuss it. It's a fantastic plant that's covered with bees and butterflies right now. Anyway, we're going to come back with a tune sent in by a a loyal listener about that very topic. I'm Horticulture's fellow Rushing. This is the Gestalt Gardener. Liz Gill and I will be right back with more of your phone calls about gardening. Here on MPB, right after this.
3: Oh, the dandelion is my favorite flower. You cut it down, it grows back in an hour. It never gives up. Reaching for the sunlight. Ah, the dandelion grows wild in summer, nourished from above by sweet rainwater, proud and strong, blowing in the breezes all along the roadside, in the ditches and the pastures. A sea of yellow just for you and me. Don't kill the dandelion, don't call it a weed for trying. Spring up from that cold dark earth, the same place that gave us birth. It might not please the nose, like the tulip or the thorny rose. But as far as flowers go, I pick the dandelion. The dandelion's not ornamental, but I like to display it on the kitchen table in a simple glass vase or a mason jar. Oh, the dandelion has medicinal power You boil the roots until they're sour Throw away your pills and live naturally All of us have a time to bloom A place to make our stand Show our colors before we go to sea So don't kill the dandelion Don't call it a weed for trying spring up from that cold dark earth the same place that gave us birth it might not please the nose like the tulip or the thorny rose but as far as flowers go i like the dandelion as far as flowers go i picked the dandelion
1: you know, folks welcome back horticulture's fellow rushing by the way if you want to kill dandelions if you want to kill violets if you want to kill clover if you want to kill stickers and henbit and all those other beautiful wildflowers that are that are so crucial for honeybees and other pollinators if you want to do that this is your i'm going to say just about your last chance the longer you wait into March, the harder they are to kill, the more likely you're going to damage your lawn. Right now, the, wild, the the lawn weeds are still fairly small. They're just beginning to flower, so they're still sending energy down to their roots. This is a time to spray for the spring weeds that bother you so much in March and April, first part of May. If you don't like those things, then... Not much you can do about it. Now's the time to spray. Hate to say that, but if you don't want to, just more matter of fact, leave a big old clump of something out there for the Easter bunny to lay an egg in. Let's go up to Greenville to the de- to the Delta. Hey, Tamika, good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. What's going? On? Are you from the Delta?
6: I'm not from the Delta. I'm from Jackson, but I live in the Delta now, and I enjoy every
1: minute. Well, okay. I'm from there. I flunked out of Mississippi Delta Junior College, as a matter of fact. (laughs) You know, you don't don't flunk out of community college for being dumb because they'll work with you. But anyway, (laughs) what what can help you with today?
6: So I have tulip bulbs, and I have daffodil bulbs, and I'd like to plant them with my daughter, but I have no idea when's the best time to plant them okay how to plant them what do
1: they need good question how long have you had these i've had them maybe about three weeks now so i don't even know if they're still good okay it's hard to say to me because usually these things they're starting to bloom now you know and they're usually they planted in the fall because they have to go through a little cold spell tulips you know they may not bloom how how's your daughter she's Four. okay she won 't she won 't notice <laughs> they 'll do something if you plant them What I would do to me is I would put them in pots because you know if you put them in the ground right now. They they really don't have time to grow good roots and send up shoots and stuff. So if you could have you know a nice pot with some potting soil, and if uh, fill it a little ways with potting soil and have her put some in a ring around the outer edge, and put some more you know put the bigger ones down deep, a little bit more dirt, put another little circle, a little bit in other words sort of layer them at different things, and then at the top of it go to a garden center and see if you can find a pansy or a viola or any kind of flower to put right in the middle of the pot to give her something to look at till the bulbs come poking up through it. Okay. Now, do you have a whole bunch of these?
6: I've got about...
1: Nine or ten. Oh, that's, that's not too many. That's a, that's a good pot full. Put the bigger ones down uh, first, a little dirt on top, potting soil on top, and then uh, and then put, like I say, some kind of a flowering plant on top. And uh, that way she'll remember the combination better than the individuals. Okay. That sounds great. Thank you. It's a great question. Y'all have fun. And, Tamika, this summer, uh, you know, if you can work up a little part, for, you got a flower bed in the yard? No. Okay. Get a big pot. I'm, so, okay. I'm talking about something you can barely put your arms around, at least maybe a five-gallon bucket or bigger with some holes in the bottom. And this summer, uh have her help you pick, plant an oregano and a basil plant. And some kind of flour. And the reason I'm saying that because oregano and basil and rosemary, those kind of things, you don't have to wait for them to do something. They're immediately sensory because they smell great for kids. And then she'll learn that they go on pizza, they go in spaghetti, they go in chili. Uh, You know, you can get a cheese pizza and have her cut some of her own oregano and basil and sprinkle over the top, and she's got ownership in her meals. That sounds awesome. It's a real easy one to make. If you need some more easy ideas, shoot me an email. Hug her while you can. Thank you. Okay. All right, that was Tamika from Greenville. A little bit late for planting bulbs. I'm not going to say you can't because if you got them, it's better than nothing, but this late in the year, I do it in pots. Uh, we also have uh, uh, somebody called. They didn't want to go on the air. Said uh, they want to know a good substitute for King Alfred daffodils. Sounds kind of cor- hokey that i am got two daffodil things back to back. But daffodils, uh, not all grow equally well. You know, the further south you go, the fewer varieties will bloom Dependably. The further north they go, all the way up into Canada, you have more varieties. Um, King Alfred is a real old popular, what they call a large cup daffodil. It's got that great big old trumpet nose. Uh, King Alfred was real popular for a long time, but it's pretty well disappeared in the trade. Now they sell things that they call King Alfred, but they're not. Anyway, what you're looking for is what they call a large cup daffodil. And uh, let me see. There's one I'm just drawing a total blank. I've got around seventy different kind of daffodils in my yard. Something with a large cup. I tell you what, stay tuned. I'll come up with a good one. Let's go ahead and
2: take a break, and you, know, you can give the number out. That'll give you time to look up daffodils, and some fo-
1: folks uh, chance to call. I, if, if I can't remember a good substitute for a King Alfred, I'll come up with some really good ones. Because right off the top of my head, I can I can throw some out. Anyway, I'm horticultures fellow rushing. There's some stuff I can't remember, and. Um, I guess I'm okay with that, because I can look it up. Some things I wish I didn't know, and I'll share those with you if you make me, and there's some things that, uh, that I know that I wish everybody else would just take advantage of, but mostly gardening is not horticulture, it's not crop production, it's not trying to push the envelope, it's trying to get the most out of what we have, balancing the effort with the joy. I'm Horticulture's Feller Rushing here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We're going to talk about more gardening. Uh, if you want to give us a call, it's 1-877-MPB-RING. 877-MPB-RING. Glad to chat with you about your garden. We're going to take a real quick break, a couple of minutes, come right back with some phone calls right after this. Ooh.
0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
1: Okay, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fell rushing. Still can't remember the name of the best substitute for King Alfred. I know there's one with the big cup called Unsurpassable believe it or not, that's the name of it. And it actually does pretty well this far south, unsurpassable. Um, anyway, that's the one that comes to my mind. I've got a whole bunch of daffodils. I don't have the great big ones because they tend to fall, you know, nod and fall over. I like lots and lots of different kinds. And we're going to talk more about those in the next couple of weeks as more start coming into bloom. But I did see some early jonquils blooming along the coast this past week and paper whites. I've got paper whites, which is Narcissus clusters of real fragrant white flowers. Uh, The jonquils are the ones the little very, very fragrant yellow flowers. And they're called jonquils because their leaves are skinny like a reed, like a quill, jonquilla. And they're both starting to bloom. They do really, really well along the coast. So uh, anyway, unsurpassable, mm, I'm just drawing a total blank on the other large cup daffodils. But just keep in mind, large cup big trumpet-type daffodil, and uh, if you're going to buy one called King Alfred, just know it's not really King Alfred, but who cares? It's a big old pretty thing anyway. Let's go up to uh, Lafayette County, to Oxford. Hey, Ron, good morning.
4: Good morning, Felder. Hey, howdy. How are What's you? It?
1: Fine. What's going on?
4: Good. I need your wisdom here. I'm too lazy to look it up on the internet, so I'm <laughs> calling the calling the font of wisdom.
1: Yeah, and then you got to suffer the results, huh? <laughs>
4: So here's my question. I, I, you know, I've got this Meyer lemon that I've had around forever and, you know, I, I get some lemons off of it every year mm-hmm. and I bring it in the winter time, and, you know, it blooms about every couple of months and when it's inside and when the bees and the, and the birds aren't, aren't inside with us, then I feel the urge when it's blooming to go ahead and hand pollinate it.
1: Yeah, my paintbrush. Am, a, I, a, paint am I on a fool's errand? self-pollinate? Yeah, little little paint, a little paintbrush, a little mascara brush it. type thing. You nope.
4: got it. It makes me happy and it sets on limits, but I, I, you know, I'm thinking, am I really doing something or, or, or do you know, just 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 entertaining
1: myself? Well, a little, little both. You know, the main thing you just want to release the pollen, make sure it gets down that little curly thing down in there. But other than that, you know, you, you close your windows because your neighbors won't understand. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Blinds are down when I do
1: it. <laughs> yeah, but but also, you know, is this in a really big pot, Ron? It is. Yeah, so you can't just move it out every pretty day because, you know, there's nothing. Well, on a pretty day
4: like this, I can roll it out. Yeah. And then obviously it stays out over the summer.
1: Well, but. if you've got a few uh, wildflowers in the lawn, if you notice when bees and, and the little the, the, the little small pollinating yeah. flies and stuff, when they're out there on the wildflowers on a real pretty day, that'd be a good time to roll it out. And also use it a chance to sort of hose down some of the dust on the leaves and stuff like that. That sounds good. I but appreciate otherwise, it. Otherwise, have fun. And, you know, I wouldn't brag about this at the local pub. <laughs> I mean, I'm okay with it. Don't get me wrong. You know, call me anytime.
4: You know, we 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 have a secret Meyer Lemon Club in, in in Oxford, so you know it's it's just kept between the few
1: of us. Okay, man, hang in okay. there, Ron. Don't let them get Appreciate you down. It. By
4: now. Okay. Bye bye.
1: Okay, now to Madison. Hey, John. Good morning, sir.
4: Good morning, Felder. Yes. I have a great design for a, uh, a compost pile that's almost free. I'll send you pictures if you want. Good, of course. The reason I called, um, I've been going to the flora plant swap three or four years now, and and uh, I think I've killed everything they've given me, but I don't really have anything to share. And I was wondering, I had some great success last year with my moon vines, uh-huh. um, and I was wondering if... I started the seed now. Would I have time to have a decent looking vine by? I think what is it, the twenty fourth or something like uh, that?
1: Twenty fourth or twenty ninth? I've got it written down someplace. Uh, matter of fact, yeah. I talked about a while ago. It's the last Thursday of this month. I know that.
4: Would that be a good something to get this swap? Or what, have you got any ideas of what I could bring?
1: Yeah, some monkey grass in a pot.
4: I don't have any
1: monkey grass. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you can't grow monkey grass, John, just come to enjoy the people, because you can't grow monkey grass. You just don't have any friends. That's all it is to it. I mean, come on. <laughs> Anyway, to answer your question, yeah, that that would be fine, but I'd go ahead and get them started soon. I'd soak the seeds overnight because they they have a real hard seed coat. And then just as soon as they come, every single day that's above about 45, put them outside on the porch where they get real sunshine. That's what makes them sturdy and stocky instead of long and leggy and floppy. Real sunshine and only bring them in if it's going to get down below about 45. Should I try them to a stick or something if they get tall enough? Oh, they're not going <laughs> to have time to, for the next okay. month to get that tall. But, yeah, put, go, go find somebody, got, put a little bamboo stake in there, and to make it pretty pa- spray-painted or something, because a moonflower vine by itself doesn't look like much in a pot. Come on. Okay. It's, a, it's a great plant. Don't get me wrong, but let's gussy it up a little bit with a bow and a stick or something like that.
4: Okay, I'll do but that.
1: Real, real sunshine and real humidity and even cool temperatures down in the 50s makes them sturdy and stocky. Okay. All right. Thanks. All right. Good luck on it. Thank you.
2: Felder, we had some folks who uh, I guess they're just too shy and didn't want to stay on the line. What Those are two team? different questions up there for you.
1: Well, okay. One, it says, tra- see, I have folks." I have to throw my head back so far to see that screen with bifold. the bifold. Trans-
2: Transplant oh, yeah, a lantana yeah.
1: plant. Yeah. Uh, this would be a good time, but cut it back. Cut it back to just a few inches tall, and I go ahead and get it done as soon as possible the good time to divide stuff and if somebody wants to know about vermicompost i don't know whether they want to make it or whether they want to use it i'm a vermicomposter i have worms in a in a uh, sweater box that eat newspapers and vegetable scraps and turn it in the richest compost you can imagine don't have to have a real fancy compost kit a good sweater box with a tight fitting lid and some holes punched in the top um and just shred up some newspapers, barely damp, not wet, and uh, uh, some uh, some chopped up vegetable scraps, banana peels, you know stuff like that. And then if you're going to do vermicompost, earthworms don't work. They they they're, they're, they like they like to be outside in real dirt. You have to use the ones called red wigglers. You can order them by the pound online believe it or not, or else you can go to a bait shop and buy some red wigglers. Those are the only ones that do really good vermicompost indoors. Anyway, if you want some more information about that, I can sure help you because I've been doing this a long, long time. Uh, got an interesting email. Um, uh, this fella bought a blueberry. Let's see if I can find it real quick. Here we go. He said he got him a, a new blueberry bush. His name is oh, uh, no, it's Christina Butler. Uh, Christina says, Looks to be doing well. Just started flowering. Read online that you pick the flowers off the plant for those one or two years to let the bush get stronger. Is this true? <laughs> no, it's not true. That's a that's a commercial production thing. They put these plants out there that prune about real hard to get them, you know, established better and stockier and sturdy. But in your own home garden, where you can kind of baby the plant a little bit, tiny little bit of fertilizer, scan a handful of fertilizer, water it. Only when it gets dry, but really water it well. We're talking about every two or three weeks over the summertime at the most. And, uh, and enjoy the berries. not going to have, have a whole bunch. Here's one thing to do with blueberries, though. They put out this new growth that's kind of a, kind of a pale, not quite blue-green. It's real light-green uh, foliage. The new growth, whether suckers from the ground or new growth on the stems, when it gets a few inches long, pinch the tip of it out and what this does instead of making it long and tall and skinny with a few flowers and berries next year it makes them bush out with more twigs more flowers more berries so tip prune the new growth up until about midsummer scant fertilizer, good soaking or two, and, and see if you can beat the birds to those handful of bears you can have the first year. Hey, if you don't want to give us a call, we've got time, one eight seven seven mpb ring Got the lines wide open. Uh, also got a uh, an email from from Kat, Cat Hester in uh, start with maybe Kate, uh, said they planted some Legustrum a year or so ago. They're small, but did fine. Problem with all the rain. Seemed like the leaves on the uh, falling off so it's got a lot of leaves are falling off here's the deal okay those leaves that are falling off now came on last year they're old leaves they went through a tough summer they went through a really tough winter and usually they shed after the new growth comes out in the spring well this year because it's so tough they may be shedding a little early plants should do perfectly fine with new growth this spring so I wouldn't worry about it cuz those are last year's leaves falling off Maybe a little early. Now, if you want the plant to be a tree, thin out some of the branches and some of the twigs. only leaving stuff that's growing up and out, and it will grow a whole lot better. If you want it to to be a bush, go ahead and snip the tips off all the twigs out there, and they'll start, and they'll put them back a couple of weeks putting out new leaves. They'll be a whole lot bushier then. So anyway, prune it to shape it up or prune it to ball it up, don't worry about those leaves that have falling off. Let's go down to Picayune. Hey, Barbara, how are you this morning?
6: Well, I'm pretty good. It looks like it's going to be a nice day again yesterday. was yeah.
1: gorgeous. You might want to turn your phone down, uh, the radio yeah, in the I'm background. Yeah, I'm moving
6: away from the radio.
1: Yeah, because we don't like to hear me twice. Yeah,
6: yeah, I'm sorry. I'm moving to another room. <laughs> okay. Um, I called you in the fall big about my Ruella. Well. It's coming up now green. Is it a good time to put the roundup on it? (laughs) Because I've dug it out so many times and it just keeps coming back. Yeah.
1: You know, well, every time you dig it, if you're persistent, it gets easier and easier. So if you spend a lot of time digging it out once... You know, go back, it's, it's more effective to go ahead and dig it out, because if you use Roundup on it, it'll kill it, and you still got to dig it up. But anyway, to answer your question, it's better to wait until new growth has come out and matured enough to be sending energy down to the roots. Right now, the, the new growth is shooting up from stored energy in the, in the plants. You want to yes. let that stuff catch a second wind and start sending energy back down to the roots, and that's what carries the Roundup in the plant down to the roots. So okay. a, little bit, a little bit early.
6: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm getting on there, and and some of these garden tasks are getting to be too much for me, and can't find the help to help me. So I,
1: I do. I do understand. It's taken me a long time to get my garden to where it has stuff that just that I like, you know, and replacing stuff, and it needed a bunch of care and pruning and watering. I just gradually replaced everything with stuff that that just says, "Hey, when I walk that's by, this is."
6: That's what I'm in the process doing? of doing.
1: <laughs> well, anyway, ra- round up a work file and be safe as long as you put it only on the foliage of, your, of, of the, the Rue But let's wait till, like, till April so it'll start to set energy back down the roots. Okay, thank you very much. Good luck on it, Barbara. Thank you. Bye. All righty, we've been talking about gardening for the, almost a solid hour. Play some cheesy music. Um, we've got a lot of things you can be doing right now. If you want to start some plants from seed, like tomatoes and peppers and and uh, moon vine and things like that, um, it's real important that they get be exposed to real sunshine, not through a window and to humidity and even cool temperatures and the wind blowing them. This is what makes them sturdy and stocky. I don't know if you ever noticed, but sometimes you get plants from a garden center that they're real sturdy and stocky and tough looking. And then those you grow at home get long and leggy and floppy because they don't get real sunshine. They don't get the air movement that strengthens, strengthens their little stem. And more important, they don't get the cool temperatures that make them sturdy and stocky. So put them outside in the sun. Only bring them in if it's going to get down below about 45 or so, and you'll have a whole lot better, sturdier plants to share. And you can start seeds in egg cartons. You can start them in coffee cups. You can start them in anything. If it can hold dirt, you can start some some little plants. Um, And and that's how you get some of the new varieties and some of the heirloom that you can't buy at the garden center by buying some seeds and usually sharing with others. Anyway. There's some events coming up uh, around the, the, this part of the, the country. If you want me to help uh, spread the word, shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. org. Garden is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We call it Think Radio. My producer today has been the laid-back Liz Gill. So cheerful, Liz. You're just cheerful. I love it. And uh, Michelle McAdoo has been the phone greeter. Uh, we've been having a good time talking about school projects and stuff in there. Anyway, if you want to send me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. But I'm your host, Phil Rushing. I'll be thinking you as I wrap up this beautiful weekend playing with my daffodils. Hope your garden fares well. And if you get a chance to take a kid to a garden center, show them how to do what we do best. Show them that it's okay, even desirable, to get dirty. See you all next week.
0: This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.